Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me again on this podcast for Redefining Caregiving. My name is Samantha Dam, and I would like to share with you today the topic of difficult people. And you're probably thinking, difficult people? Hmm, in caregiving? Really? (laughs) You know it's true. You and I both know it can be very hard sometimes to get the people we care about the most to listen to us because we'll be telling them what to do, right? Nobody likes to be told what to do. But generally what we're telling them to do is what they need to do for their health, such as take their pills, you know, take a shower. Um, But it's really, here's what I noticed is that a lot of it depends on the age of the person you're caring for and your position in their life. So uh, if you're a, a sibling or you're a child of someone and you're telling your mom and dad what to do, that just goes against everything, right? Like what they're used to. What is the norm? I mean, they've gone how many years being your parent and suddenly you're telling them what to do. It's really got to be hard for them. I know even in my situation, I'm turning 55 here this month. And boy, when my kids tell me what to do, even if they're not telling me directly, I'll be like, okay, thank you for telling me that. I didn't know I needed to do that. Or I'll say something like, are you telling me what to do? I can't even imagine being 30 years down the road and maybe disabled and not be able to say or speak for myself how it would feel if my kids just didn't learn how to ask me in a way while they're telling me. And it sounds kind of like it doesn't make sense, does it? Ask me at the same time you're telling me. And the reason it doesn't is because you're not asking. You're telling. (laughs) And it's telling them what they need to do. And you're doing it because you care about them, and they don't see that. See, they just they just have been trained. So don't don't take it personal. My first suggestion to you is that when you're talking to your parents or someone who's not listening to you, it really comes down to how you're going to ch- choose to see that situation. Are you going to look at it like they're being difficult? Are you going to tell them that? Because I've I've seen people in caregiving where they'll say, you know, don't be so difficult. Uh, to the person they're caring for. And it really just makes me cringe because I'm I'm thinking, how would you like it if you were in their position? And one of the best things you can do is to put yourself in their position. And if you can't do that, you know, there's a there's one way you can get closer to knowing how to do that, and that's by asking them questions. So um, you can learn to deal with difficult people if you want to call them difficult because they they are they go against the norm of what you want they go against the flow of the day I mean it could take hours sometimes to get someone to take a shower it could be very in fact some of the stuff you're trying to get the person you're caring for to do is is life threatening like maybe they need to take their pills and they're not wanting to So you've got to learn a better way if it's not working. And I've got some suggestions that have worked for me over the years with my clients and my mom. Uh, I hope you want to hear them because I'm going to share them right now. Okay, so the first thing that I suggest is, you know, there's people who are different kinds of difficult people. There's some people who are like just gossipers, you know, they love to gossip. And there's the one, you know, the one-uppers, the people who say, hmm, Oh, yeah, I've done that. Or you're talking with them, and they're kind of difficult to talk with. Uh, I've noticed these people when I worked at this facility that had, I'd go in the dining room with them for lunch, and everyone would sit around, and depending on the group that was sitting at the table, we'd always have the different types of people. 
And not all of them were difficult, but what they were was like, there was always one or two that was, would stand out like a sore thumb and either dominate or rule the conversation. And sometimes it was the gossiper. And if there was a, a person who really was against gossiping at the table, you would see their eyes rolling and, you know, they just didn't want to say anything, but there she goes again, or there he goes again, the gossip. And, and I would just try to be this mediator. I love being the mediator. So I would, I would try to make sure everybody was happy, but, um, Sometimes you just can't stop people who are set in their ways, you know. So there are ways to get around it, though, and turn the conversation in a different direction. So anyway, there's also people who are like, oh, I've been there, done that. Like everything you say to them is, oh, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm, Yeah, done that before. So you can't tell them anything, right? And then there's people who see wrong and the negative in everything, right? Like you just, you could be talking about how beautiful the day is and the first thing out of their mouth is, yeah, it's nice, but <laughs> how about that rain that's coming, you know, or something, and you're like, ah. I had a client one time that was so negative. It, it, here's an example of a negative story that happened with her. Um, I don't mean to, to sound like I'm being negative myself about the people I care for because most of them were a delight to care for. And it was a challenge for me every time if it wasn't working out to turn it around. And I don't think there's ever been a point where I couldn't turn it around a little bit and make it easier for me and them. So I was pretty happy about that. But this one gal, she kept complaining that where she lived, they would always spell her name wrong. And she had a big, long last name. And I said, well, she goes, it just really bothers me. It's like they don't even know me. And she was so frustrated. And so on her birthday announcement, it was in the, they have these little menus, you know, like the newsletters that they give out to everybody every month. So they know what activities are coming up and stuff. And she says, look, they spelled my name wrong again. (laughs) And I said, well, just tell them. She wouldn't tell them. She said, no, they should just know. I don't want to cause problems. I don't want to draw attention to myself. So I just thought, well, you know what? I'm her caregiver. I'm just gonna go. I know who does these. I, I know who works there. I'll go, I'll just drop a little note and let them know, hey, her name is spelled like this. And so um <laughs> here's how it ended. Thinking I was gonna make her real happy on her birthday, I brought this new calendar in for her. She they had redistributed all the calendars just for her, so she felt special. And how she responded was like this. Oh my God, I can't believe you said something to these people. Oh my God. She was so upset. I'm like, what? I thought you'd be happy. And she goes, I didn't, I don't like to cause problems. I don't want to draw attention to myself like that. They're going to be all mad at me now that I said that. And I just thought, I can't win for losing. I can't do it right. With this gal, it didn't matter what. She just needed to always say something negative about what she was going to wear or something. It kind of got, it kind of wore me down. I got to the point where every time I went to her room to knock on the door, I was just dreading it. Because if I was too cheerful, she'd say things like, well, you kind of act like a teenager. <laughs> she'd say things like that. I'd come in there all happy and, you know, like my normal self, I'm cheerful and everyone else loved it. And here she was like, oh, well, you're just silly. And she didn't take me seriously, you know. And so I finally just, uh, you know, I finally just, said, maybe it's better if you find a different caregiver, if, if I'm annoying you, right? Like if this is just not something. And she, she's like, well, maybe I, maybe I should, you know? So I found her another person, but I guess the whole thing was that we, we were still friends after that and all, and you know, I still keep in touch with her, but, but I wasn't a good fit for her. And I know it was because, I mean, if you don't have a choice and you have someone like that, you have to deal with it. Right. And I would have, you know, I would have just 
probably not try to cheer her up so much. <laughs> but I had choices and I had other people who really wanted me to work for them. And I thought, you know, if this is really bringing me down, why not move on? Just give her the option. So I did. And that's one way you can deal with it too. You know, you have to take care of yourself also. Um, so I guess one of the most important things I want you to remember about difficult people is yourself first. I know it sounds strange. I mean, you're in with the situation with the person and you're thinking, how can I think of myself first when I'm taking care of somebody who's not listening to me? Well, here's how you do it. You realize that stress is not good for your health. And so every time you're working with someone who's difficult, it does raise your blood pressure. And, you know, that's the negative symptoms are are going to happen in your body. You're going to have you know, stress, we already know how damaging stress can be, especially for caregivers over long term. So the goal should be that behaviors change us, right? That we can only change, you know, how we self-care. So behaviors, um, external behaviors from other people can change us, but we can only change ourselves. We can only change how we deal with that so we can look at it in the form of self-care. So we don't want stress hormones, hormones coming, hormones, <laughs> stress hormones coming at us that cause heart attacks and other things and gray hair and loss of hair before it's time. We basically need to get smarter, right? So get smarter as a caregiver. And one thing I know for a fact is if you want to be good at something, you can't have a lot of distractions. You need to stay focused and committed to it. So if you really want to be able to work around the difficulties you have, in your relationship with the person you care for, you will take it seriously and at least try these things, okay? The first one is, I think I'm just going to point out that it's really, it's really hard to know where they're coming from sometimes. So ask why are they behaving this way? Like maybe say, why are you, why are you going against taking your pills? Why are you not wanting to take a shower? And they might come up with a bunch of different reasons, but if they don't give you one that you know is, you know, you know, you're going to know if they're telling you a story or not, but you say, how does it make you feel? And you know, I'm not doing this because it benefits me. I mean, how's it going to benefit me that you take a shower? You know, unless they really need a shower. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like, you could just say things like that. What is it going to do? What is it going to do for me? I'm doing it for you. And then they're like, maybe see it differently. Right? So don't assume that they're just being difficult. There might be a real reason why they don't want to. An example of that is I never knew why one of my clients, she would not take a shower. She was terrified and didn't want to get in the shower. And I, I told her family, I'll get her in there. I'll get her in there. Somehow I'll make sure she feels comfortable. And after a few times, she was embarrassed to share with me that she was afraid of slipping in the shower because she heard one of the other residents did that and she broke her hip and she never came back to live there. So I just want you to know, if you assume, you could be way off target. And we usually are in life if we assume. So I always tell my kids, don't assume, you know, ask. And, and maybe you won't get the answer, but you're going to get some information. And you can figure things out yourself sometimes. So anyway, when someone, here's the thing, don't be afraid to ask. Because we do a lot of assuming, but if you ask, all you're going to get is information that's going to give you certainty right? And give you more to go by. Also use inclusive language and inclusive language is like, I noticed that uh, every time we talk about taking your pills, you resist. No, that's including you in the conversation and them, right? 
So I've noticed this is affecting you. Um, that's how you do that. So that helps a lot. Okay. So, um, like give them time, be their friend, you know, give them rewards. A lot of times just rewards alone can turn a situation around like you wouldn't believe. But anyway, these are just a few hopefully helpful tips for you. Um, I have also talked about a few of these things in my book. Yes, I'm going to bring up the book because it's coming out soon. And I want to make sure you guys get get a copy of it. Because there's a lot of tips on there. On, uh, there's a, it's a short book, but there is a chapter on communication. And I think that's probably the most beneficial chapter in the entire book. That chapter is probably worth buying the book for alone. So um, anyway, I just want to drop that out there for you guys and let you know that I'm always thinking of you. And I hope that you always remember to conclude yourself in the care you give so freely to everyone else. And today it's about self-care, less stress, and how to deal with difficult people. Okay, I hope you enjoyed it. You guys take care. Bye-bye.